the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning, seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we're underway. Thanks for being with us. It's a Monday, the 11th morning of the 10th month of the year of our Lord, 2021. But it's more than just a regular Monday. It's a very special Monday, as it is a federal holiday, a very important federal holiday, one that we are going to continue to embrace as a federal holiday because we are students of history and because we believe in celebrating great men who have done great things, great people who have done great things, and we don't cancel them 500 years after they did great things because of, well, new social justice causes, because of popular modern-day political correctness. And you know what else today is not? Today is not a different kind of holiday. One that has no basis in reason or fact whatsoever. Today is not a different holiday. I will explain what I mean by both of those things as we get started this morning after we do our Pledge of Allegiance. By the way, don't forget, it is Monday. We'll talk to Jim Jordan. But a few minutes early, if you are normally used to tuning in for Jim Jordan on Mondays at 948, he will be with us right after the bottom of the hour news today instead, which is 935. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. Also, Wading back into the Republican Senate primary. Uh, today it'll be, t- uh, Mike Gibbons' turn again. We're going to talk to Mike Gibbons at nine, uh, excuse me, at 1035 this morning. Very much looking forward to that conversation. I want to find out more about Mike. I like Mike a lot. He's got a lot of very important things to say. I like a lot of the guys in this race. It's very, very tough. That's why we continue to try to pro- uh, provide this service. Um, and allow you to figure out which conservatives are the real conservatives, which, let me redo that, which candidates are the real conservatives, which candidates have the real bona fides that you can trust, and which ones are posers and fakes. Uh, we're doing our best to interview all of them, 
and uh, let you make make up your mind on that. But Mike Gibbons will be on with us at ten thirty five today to talk about all hosts, or all sorts of issues rather. All right. So for now, what do you say we uh, ask you as patriots to stand up? By the way, thank you to oh who sent it to me. I should have written down the name. My apologies. Somebody sent me a picture of the flag, a very small flag, that they have hung in their office. I believe it's their place of business. And they thanked me for doing this each morning. And they, they, it's a very small flag. It was over a doorway, if, if memory serves. I saw it like on Friday, maybe Thursday. Um, and it was hung over a doorway in their office. And uh, they had to circle it in order for me to see it. Because it was also kind of a dark picture you know the picture was just not not well lit uh but they thanked me for you know giving them the incentive to do this each day and they had hung a flag over their doorway because each and every morning i ask patriots to stand and face your flag if you have one nearby and not everybody does so he made sure to get one and put it in his place of business um and he thanked me for that and i'm thanking you for for being a patriot that's phenomenal. That's wonderful. I think if we can inspire patriotism, if we can inspire a belief in American exceptionalism again, I think it will do a, this country a world of good. I mean, just a, a world of good. So, having said that, patriots, please stand and face your flag if you have one nearby. If you don't, just please put your hand over your heart and join us in pledging our allegiance to this wonderful republic. And if you are a liberal Democrat, well, we understand how you feel about this country. Don't pose, don't fake. Just go ahead and take your knee. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. So I want to start today. There's a lot of places to go, including the Southwest walkout. Uh, we don't know that it's a walkout. We can hope that it's a walkout. Southwest canceled over 2,000 flights over the course of the last couple of days. They claim because of an air traffic control issue and a weather issue in South Florida. Okay. I don't see any of the other airlines canceling massive numbers of flights because they can't fly into or out of uh, South Florida. But nonetheless, that's what their argument is. Many believe there is a massive company-wide walkout on Southwest because at the end of last week, they just announced a vaccine mandate. All employees forced to take the jab or lose their jobs. So we're going to stand with Southwest strongly on this. Southwest, not, let me rephrase southwest employees we're going to stand with the southwest employees and those who are pushing back against this attempted uh taking over of their freedoms but we'll get into that and the rest of the top stories of the day after we talk about holidays for just a moment yes today is columbus day yes it will remain columbus day yes it should remain columbus day no today is not indigenous people's day i don't care who says that it is they don't know what they're talking about They don't know what indigenous peoples they're referring to. They have no idea what those indigenous peoples were all about. They have no idea what Christopher Columbus was all about. They think they know because of the rewriting and the revision of American history. This is literally what they mean by revisionist history. Taking the extraordinary achievements of Christopher Columbus, who did discover the quote-unquote new world. No, not the world he thought he was going to find. And yes, there were inhabitants of this land, but it is not something that we, or in this case our ancestors, European ancestors, knew about. 
And because he had the incredible intestinal fortitude to take that perilous journey to go in search of it and found it, you are alive in this great republic today. Had it not been for the greatness, for the courage of Christopher Columbus, you would not be here today, neither would I. This great country, which has been the greatest force for good ever, would not be here today. Now, what I'm going to share with you is a video and it's obviously you don't need to see the video portion. It's a PragerU video. This is what I love about PragerU. PragerU gives you videos with animation, which kind of just helps add to the story, if you will. And sometimes the on-screen, gra- uh, not just graphics, but the uh, uh, narration is printed on the screen. It's kind of cool, but it works just as well in an audio form. So I want you to listen to, and this is going to take us to our first break at about 920. It's about five minutes long as all Prager University videos are. But this is Michael Knowles, who is a historian and one of the very best, and a best-selling author, one of the very best going. He has studied Columbus, and he has studied and has lectured at colleges and universities all across this country on the subject of Christopher Columbus for years. Well, now he has done a Prager University video reminding us as to why we celebrate Christopher Columbus and this holiday, Columbus Day. Please listen attentively and take these uh, these bits of inf- information you're about to get. Take this true history of Columbus um, into your own life and talk to people who say, Christopher Columbus was a rapist and a murderer and a, and a slaveholder. And he was, uh, you know, he, he, he genocide, committed genocide. He was, he was a, you know, a terrible, terrible man. Take this to the people in your life who don't understand and provide them with some context. Here you go. He ventured where no other man of his age dared to go. He saw things no other man of his age had ever seen. He discovered a new world. For centuries, he was universally admired as a hero. Now, he's widely considered to be a despoiler of paradise, an enslaver, and a genocidal maniac. I'm talking, of course, about Christopher Columbus. So which is true? Is he a hero or a villain? The truth is complicated, as the truth often is, especially when you have to go back 500 years to find him. But let's try to get as close as we can. Columbus was born in 1451 in the port city of Genoa, Italy. At a time when birth often determined destiny, His origins were entirely unremarkable. His father was a middle-class wool weaver who expected his son to follow the same path. But Columbus had different plans. The age of discovery was dawning. The future belonged to the bold. And the bold went to sea. By the time he turned 30, Columbus had sailed to Iceland, Ireland, and Africa. Somewhere on his many voyages, he became obsessed with the idea that there was a westward sea route from Europe to India. But there were no maps to consult, only wild rumors of sea monsters and endless ocean. He put together the 15th century version of a PowerPoint presentation for the King of Portugal, then the world's leading sea power. But the king, heeding the advice of his experts, turned him down. It simply couldn't be done, the experts told the king. It was pure speculation, and an expensive one at that. So Columbus took his plans to Spain. But King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella weren't interested either. At least, not at first. Columbus persevered. After eight years, they finally relented. They gave the explorer three small ships. There was a time when every school kid knew their names. The Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. And the year in which Columbus set sail. 1492. Except for a compass and the stars, 
Columbus had virtually no navigation tools at his disposal. He was, to mix metaphors, flying blind. He was heading west. That's about all he knew. Once the ships left the Canary Islands, they were on their own. His crews stayed loyal for the first week, but by the third week, they had lost their nerve. Columbus, however, never lost his. By sheer force of will, he kept his men in line. Finally, after ten long weeks at sea, on the night of October 11th, Columbus spotted land. He called it San Salvador. Today, we know it as the Bahamas. There, Columbus and his men encountered the Taino tribe. The first encounter between Europe and the Americas went well. The Taino were curious and helpful. Columbus was emphatic that his crew treat them with kindness and respect. Lest you think that Columbus stumbled on the Garden of Eden, the islands were also inhabited by the Caribs, a tribe of cannibals for whom, according to Pulitzer Prize-winning historian Samuel Eliot Morrison, babies were a delicacy, or in Morrison's words, a toothsome morsel. Like every place else on earth, in every time in history, the local peoples were a mixed bag. Some good, some not so good. Upon his return to Spain, word of the Italian explorer's successful voyage quickly spread throughout Europe. A new world had been discovered, and the old world would never be the same. Columbus was a man meant for the sea. On land, he was easily outmaneuvered and betrayed by professional politicians and bureaucrats. It is on their dubious, self-serving accounts that modern attacks on Columbus's reputation are based. In his own day, these attacks made the explorer's life a misery. Columbus was not blameless. He sold natives into slavery. But the explorer did not invent slavery, which was common around the world long before and long after Columbus's time. As for the charge of genocide, there was no genocide. There were atrocities, most occurring after Columbus was dead and gone. There was also widespread intermarriage between the Spaniards and the natives, which eventually led to the people we now call Hispanic or Latino. You don't marry people you seek to destroy. It's unfair to focus only on Columbus's sins. It's also unfair to judge someone who lived 500 years ago by today's standards. His own assessment of his actions is much more revealing. Let those who are fond of blaming and finding fault, while they sit safely at home, ask, Why did you not do thus and so? Well, there's a reason why Columbus has so long been celebrated. Why so many statues, schools, towns, cities, a national holiday, an Ivy League university, and even a country bear his name. It's this simple fact. When we celebrate Columbus, we celebrate the arrival of Western civilization to the Western Hemisphere. And if you can't celebrate that, it says much more about your moral compass than about history's greatest explorer. I'm Michael Knowles, host of The Michael Knowles Show, for Prager University. Like I said, simply a fountain of information, a tremendous historian is Michael Knowles, and, um, and he lays it out unlike really anybody else has or can. He tells the entire truth about Christopher Columbus. There's a reason that the name Columbus is on all of those places, as he mentioned, colleges and universities, streets, towns, cities, like the capital city of this state. Yet today's modern liberals want to rewrite that history, revise that history. Did you know that in the city of Columbus, Ohio, home of the Ohio State University, everybody loves Columbus, right? 
Did you know that in the city of Columbus, Ohio, named for Christopher Columbus, there are now no statues of Christopher Columbus? Did you know that the city of Columbus, Ohio, two years ago, removed the statues of the man for which the city is named? Because wokeness, because cancel culture. Can you believe that? It's reality. And it's because, as Michael Knowles just said, people today are judging him by the standards of today and not the world in which he lived 500 years ago. And also, despite whatever that world was like, the fact that he, armed, as you heard Michael point out, with just a compass and his knowledge of the stars, sailed westward into an unknown destiny. No idea if he was even going to find land that he had hoped to find. Because nobody had ever gone that far west before. Can you imagine sailing in your seventh week of nothing but ocean in front of you? Nothing but misery, heat, despair, fear that the crew felt. Ten weeks of being surrounded by nothing but water. Now, if you travel for ten weeks into an unknown area of the ocean, you know that eventually you are going to come up on land because you've seen a globe. That doesn't that didn't happen then. And because of his courage and because of what he undertook, the world as we know it today exists. That's why we celebrate Christopher Columbus, even as today's modern day social warriors try to cancel him. So if you want to talk about that on this Columbus Day, we will be celebrating Columbus Day, not Indigenous Peoples Day. Not today, not ever, because that is a simply simply a ridiculous and stupid thing to do. All right, my friends, I want to talk to you about something else here as we continue. Look, none of us knows what life will be like in our senior years, right? But if there ever comes a time when we just can't quite care for ourselves at home, I hope we can find our way to a place that feels like home. And I want to tell you about Heritage Retirement Communities. I met a man, Nathan Steinmetz, recently uh, who was telling me about his facilities for seniors and uh, those who aren't able to care for themselves. He asked me if I would come and take a look at them. And I said, yes, I would. And once I got a look at Heritage Retirement Communities, um, I was I was blown away. And I was more than happy to tell people about this tremendous facility. Or facilities. They have locations in Walton Hills, Seven Hills, and North Canton. And the residents there range from independent living to assisted living to memory care. I want you to call this number if you have someone in your family that may be in need of retirement care, that may be in need of managed care, that just can't quite take care of themselves at home the way they used to. Call 330-846-1499. Ask about living arrangements for your loved ones, your mom, your dad, your grandma, your grandpa, because the ones you love the most need the very best environment possible. And I'm telling you, when I visited these homes, I love the small setting. What we're talking about is literally, literally suburban homes. We're talking about a tiny, low ratio of caregivers to residents in a true family setting. Remember, smaller numbers of residents equals a smaller amount of foot traffic coming through, making these homes much safer than large facilities with a lot of people in them. In the COVID era in which we live, that's important. I've interacted with the residents and with the caregivers as they prepared home-cooked meals in the family kitchen rather than serving military-style MREs for 100 people at a time. Heritage Retirement Communities, my friends, they're not communal-style nursing homes. These are actual suburban homes, beautiful ones, where the residents are people, not patients. 
All services are offered 24-7 care, medication management, personal care, you name it, they have it. Learn more. Log on to heritage-rc.com, and when you're ready for a visit, call 330-846-1499. That's 330-846-1499, Heritage Retirement Communities. It's exactly like home with the care you need. Download the free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. Don't you just love when you can, uh, you know, you can rebut revisionist history, fictional history with actual facts. Don't you just love that there are historians out there that do the legwork that actually get it done for you? Because that's exactly what this is like. You know, it's like the 1619 Project, fictional, literally made up revisionist history to advance a modern-day political agenda. But then when you actually weigh that against historical facts as they have been recorded throughout the centuries, you find out that's garbage, what they're, what they're peddling today. It's, it's literally fiction. And uh, that's what Michael Knowles just did. It's fiction, the stories that they tell about, about uh, Christopher Columbus. And what they don't tell you about anymore is about the courage that it took to discover what he thought was North America. It doesn't matter that it was the Bahamas. It doesn't matter that he uh, was looking for, you know, for, the, uh, for India you know, and, and the Middle East. He was literally flying blind, as you just heard, or sailing blind, to mix the metaphor. Sailing blind, and uh, he knew there was land somewhere westward, and he found it. And that led to, of course, where we are today. So I think that's extraordinarily important. Jeff is in uh, Cleveland. Let's take a quick call here before the bottom of the hour, and Congressman Jim Jordan, who will join us after that. Uh, Jeff, go right ahead. Hello, Jeff. Can't hear Jeff. Yeah, he should be there. You're right, but he's not. I can't hear Jeff. So we're going to have to either pot him up or pick him up or something because we're not going to be able to take this call unless you do. All right. Looks like we cannot hear Jeff, even though he apparently is there. So we were going to move on. Uh, tell you what I will do. As a matter of fact, I'll use this extra space here to clear time for Jim Jordan, who's going to be joining us. By the way, I just got word literally 20 minutes ago. Jim Jordan is normally our 948 guest on Mondays. We always That used to be the time that was best for him is 948, that last 10 minutes of the hour. But instead, he's going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour each day, each Monday going forward. So today, 935, and that will be the case uh, each and every week. So again, I don't know if you set your, set your clock for Jim Jordan's appearance, but he is one of the most effective members of Congress advancing the conservative, conservative agenda. And I got to tell you, because he's my congressman, I would set the clock by it even if I wasn't interviewing him. So he will be with us each and every Monday at 935. He'll join us after the news right here on AM 1420 The Answer. against the lies of the liberal media pandemic. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 936 now. We continue. AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, new time today, a little early, and it looks like we're going to try to do this on a weekly basis uh, as we uh, welcome our congressman, uh, at least my congressman in the 4th Congressional District, ranking member of the Judiciary Com- uh, Committee, member of the Oversight Committee as well, Jim Jordan, with us AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm fine, Bob. Uh, you doing all right? Good weekend. All right. Congratulations to the Badgers. They got a nice win this weekend, right? Well, it's about time, right? They're, what are they? <laughs> what are they? 
They're, I mean, three or something like that. They've lost a few. At the, at the, I know they lost three, I think. Yeah, they got <laughs> off to a rough start good. this season, but they, yeah. they seem to have I, righted the ship. I like your that, that intro there, like keeping the, 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 the world vaccinated from liberal thought. Was that what it said? I think I caught that right. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, keep them vaccinated, <laughs> keep, keeping people vaccinated against the the uh, pandemic of lies from the left. So uh, that's, that's there what you we're go. To do. There yeah. you go. <laughs> well, you know, somebody's got to do it. Uh, yeah, Anderson, I want to dive into I want to dive into uh, something that happened late last or I'm sorry, early last week, but after you and I yeah. spoke. So I haven't had a chance to yeah. talk to you about the DOJ and the weaponization of the FBI yeah. against parents yeah. uh, who express concern about what their kids are being taught or indoctrinated with uh, in school boards. And, and to start this conversation, I want to play a quick clip here because it's extraordinary what your colleague on the other side in the other chamber, Rand Paul, had to say in response to a question from Ben Dominich on Fox News over the weekend. Give this a listen. I'm very, very concerned, and I'm sure that there are people across the country who are concerned that if they go to their local school board and say the wrong thing, that they're going to end up on some list that Merrick Garland goes after. What would you say to those people today? I would say be afraid. Be afraid of your government. And that's a, a sad thing from someone in the government to say. I was, I was astounded by that, and I, was in, I have complete respect for Senator Paul for having the willingness to say it. Be afraid, American citizens of your government. That is just a shocking thing to hear, yeah. but I believe he's right. What say you? Well, he's, he's basically saying what Thomas Jefferson said a couple hundred years ago, <clears throat> more than a couple hundred years ago. He said, when, when government fears the people, there is uh, liberty. When people fear the government, there is tyranny. And right now, you gotta, you got to step back and ask yourself, oh, we had the IRS target people for their political beliefs. We had the DOJ go after a presidential campaign, President Trump's campaign, spy on that campaign. We have the IRS now wanting to view any transaction over $600. We have the Attorney General of the United States saying that, oh, we're going we're gonna to investigate parents who show up at a school board meeting because they don't like critical race theory, this, this bogus stuff being taught to their, to their children. And finally, Dr. Fauci, what did he say on TV last week? He said, give up your freedom for the greater good. So if that's not authoritarian talk, totalitarian action, I don't know what is. Of course, Americans need to be nervous about this. And uh, we, need to, we need to keep pushing back. It's why you do what you do every day and why we, we raise the issues we raise in Congress, because this is a scary place where the left wants to take it. You're right, uh, and this is why we do what we do every day, and a lot of people fight very, very hard for that. But, but how do we fight the DOJ? How do we fight the AG? How do we fight the FBI, which has been ordered by the Attorney General of the United States of America to investigate parents who intimidate, harass, or make threats of violence against school board members when all of those terms, Congressman, are undefined? What does it take for a school board member to say, I felt harassed yeah. by that question, or that's yeah. the third time you asked me, now that's harassment. Now I report you to the FBI, and the FBI starts looking into your business? I mean, that's going to scare yeah. people away from the board meetings, which at the end of the day is, is, is essentially a violation of our First Amendment. Yeah, yeah. And, and here's the irony of it all. They got it all backwards. If anyone's being harassed, it's the parents, right? It's the, the parents who are, oh, you're only going to get a minute. We're going to shut off your mic. We've, we've all seen these videos. If, if anyone's being bullied, it's the parents who, by the way, are the ones who should be in control of a child's education, not the government. It's, it's the parents. And so they got this completely backwards um, looks like we're going to have Merrick Garland in in front of the Judiciary Committee. My guess is that you're going to see a lot of Republicans uh, on our side uh, raise this raise this concern as well as a host of other things. Oh, I forgot to mention the abuse at the FISA court. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. So that's going to be a topic that we're going to bring up with the Attorney General when he comes in. Um, 
and on and on it goes. So, so th- th- this is why it matters who's the president of the United States is why it matters so much. And, um, you know, our, our, well, our well, one of the things I hope and... you ask him, Congressman, if you do get him in front of your committee, uh, is is who he takes his marching orders from. Because the who the Biden administration takes their marching orders from. Because people who don't know this, it was a letter written by an organization called the NASB or NCAB, the National, National School Board and BA. Sorry, the National School Boards Association that wrote a letter to Joe Biden saying, "Hey, get these parents off our backs. Um, you know, they're 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 tearing us apart." And Obviously, they are. The parents are, in fact, warning these board members when they go in front of them, we're coming for you. And that doesn't mean physically threatening. That means we're booting you from the board. We're going we're gonna to yep. vote you off of those boards and take them over ourselves. So the board, which is an NGO, it's a non-government organization, tells Joe Biden, jump. And Biden looks over to Merrick Garland and says, jump. And Garland says, how high? And, and here we go. So literally, the government is being run by this National School Board Association, which, of course, works in conjunction with... Yep. The teachers unions, yep. the far yep. left NEA and ATF. Yeah, five days is all it took, Bob. Five days. Letter is September 29th from the National School Boards Association to the President of the United States. Five days later, there's a memo that goes from the Attorney General of the United States to the Director of the FBI and the head of the U.S. Attorneys Association. Five days turnaround. There has never been a time when I've sent a letter to the Justice Department uh, where, where, where I've had that kind of turnaround from from the attorney general on we're asking some some important we've, we've sent letters on hunter biden all kinds of things there's no way i'm, I'm gonna have our staff check the, the the turnaround times but i would bet my i would bet the farm that that there's no way we've had that kind of turnaround five days later so that's that just shows you what's what's going on here and and how serious this is and why why senator paul made the statement that he did be afraid of your government senator paul said and that's just a shocking thing to hear and he's right we absolutely should be let's talk about what else our government is doing to us and that is of course the forced vaccination of, of people against their own uh, uh you know privacy medical privacy medical choices etc cetera, etc cetera. uh southwest airlines has been the latest to enforce or to announce uh what will be enforced as a vax mandate clearly in response to the federal government saying anybody mm-hmm. that has federal contracts and anybody who is an employer with more than 100 employees is going to have to do this so southwest says okay we're doing it over 2,000 flights in three days canceled southwest says it's because of weather conditions and because of a a lack of air traffic controllers which is odd because none of the other airlines seem to have shut down during that period of bad weather and no controllers most people believe this is including a lot in southwest this is a uh, a massive uh walkout uh, that that Southwest employees, pilots, baggage handlers, uh, flight attendants, t- uh, technicians, and so forth, they're all walking off the job uh, and taking sick days. They're doing a sick out in protest of the VAX mandate. Congressman, yeah. isn't yeah. this what we need? I'm not, I, I'm not saying you have to go out there and say, go Southwest, go. But, but honestly, it's going to take that kind of unified action among the people to try to demand their rights back. Yeah, you would think that kind of action, coupled with the dismal job report that uh, came out last week, where, where Biden would do a press conference, it wouldn't even take any questions. All, all this, first of all, the, the main reason the vaccine mandate is wrong is it's a fundamental freedom issue, it's a liberty issue. But there's the practical implications, there's the economic implications as well, and we're seeing all that. So for all those reasons, it just shows why this is such a stupid idea. And you're exactly right. You, you tell me, I, I don't know a time in my lifetime where workers where employees have had more leverage than they have now. And if they're opposed to this, it seems to me they have the leverage to actually make a difference. And I think that's what we witnessed over the weekend with the employees at Southwest Airlines. 
and they can blame it on the weather all they want. But American people are smart people. We got common sense and we know what what took place here. And frankly, I think most Americans agree. And I have talked to a lot of employers, Bob, and I know you have too. A lot of employers in our district who tell me like, you know, more than half of our people aren't, don't have a vaccine because most of them had had the 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 uh, had COVID. So the the fact that the government will not account for natural immunity, will not account for fundamental liberty, and then we have this kind of thing happen, which just further harms our economy, shows you how stupid uh, the Biden administration is operating. Why are we one of the only countries that are refusing to acknowledge natural immunity from recovery of the virus? That's Power. that's that's blowing my mind. I mean, un, yet another I, I study you. was just completed showing twenty. Said this is an Israeli study. You have twenty-seven times more protection if you have recovered from COVID nineteen yep. than you do if you take one of the vaccine shots. You have twenty, yep. and that, by the way, corroborated fifteen, no less than fifteen previous studies indicating the very same thing, Congressman. Yet here in the United yep. States, we listen to Anthony Fauci uh, as to whether or not we can go trick or treating or meet for Christmas. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it, 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 the only conclusion I think a rational person can reach is all this is deliberate and it's, and it's intentional and it's not following the science and it's done for power and for control. And it's, it's, maybe, it's maybe it's the simple power trip of Anthony Fauci. Maybe it's, it's other people. I, I don't know, but it makes absolutely no sense. And now the good news is the American people figured this out. Like I said, the American people are smart. They're like, this, this is ridiculous. The, the fact that they're not accounting for natural immunity and Americans are like, I've had, they're, they're saying to themselves, I've had the virus. Why do I want to go get, I'm not against the vaccine, but why should I go get the vaccine when I've had the virus and I have better, stronger immunity, better antibodies now because of it? Th- th- that's what's playing out here. But the fact that they won't account for that just drives me crazy. And I think, again, this is probably why a number of these people at Southwest Airlines this past weekend said, uh, we're, we're going to do a walkout. Uh, Congressman Jim Jordan is our guest, as he is each and every Monday. A little note, he's going to be on with us a little earlier going forward at 9.35, which gives us a few extra minutes each day, so that's uh, that's a terrific thing for us. I want to talk about the border now, Congressman. Uh, saw a report this morning. We saw reports last week, and the numbers have only grown. Last week I saw reports around forty to 45,000 new migrants uh, uh, forming a caravan, yep. working their way up to the Central American countries, to the Northern Triangle, and, of course, we know where that ends up, and that's at our doorstep. Now today, 60,000 is the number, mostly Haitian, headed for the U.S. Yep. Um, and, Congressman, what is our Department of Homeland Security Secretary doing to prepare for that? Yeah, yeah. Alejandra Mayorkas yeah. is releasing a climate action plan. Yeah. I mean, yeah. literally, we have surrendered our sovereignty. Is it even a is is that even a question any longer? I don't I don't see how it can be. Um, you know, I just use the term deliberate and intentional. This this is the same thing that applies here. Um, the, 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 the actions taken by our, our this administration have to be deliberately designed to have an open border, to have what Clinton talked about five years ago when she ran for president. So uh, it is wrong. The American people understand it is wrong, but that's what they're committed to. And, and what's so what's so almost frightening is that Mayorkas will stand there and lie to us and tell us the border is secure. And I'm like, what are you talking about? We've seen what's happening. We know now know what's coming. Um yeah, this is, and it's so so frustrating because we saw what President Trump was able to do. And look, the, the, the September numbers are coming out. My guess is they're higher than the August and July numbers. And the August and July numbers were our two highest months on record, over 200,000 illegal encounters, mm-hmm. uh, encounters with illegal migrants at the border. My guess is, maybe I'll be wrong, 
But, you know, we saw the whole Haitian thing, and, we, and, and maybe the numbers might be not quite as high, but that's because we probably missed a bunch of people coming across because we're so focused on the Haitian uh, uh, migrant situation there at the Del Rio Bridge. So um, it's probably getting worse because now it's, it's, it's a cooler climate, and they're going to be coming even more. So um, the well, American people just are so frustrated you, by this. You know, the words you just said, we're so focused on the Haitians there. They're under the Del Rio Bridge. Well, were we focused? Let's, let's check in with the borders yeah. are to see how focused she is on this. I just love the idea of exploring the unknown. And then there's other things that we just haven't figured out or discovered yet. To think about so much that's out there that we still have to learn. Like, I love that. I love that. And so I'm very excited about the Space Council. We're going to learn so much um, as we increasingly, I think, are curious and interested in the potential for the discoveries and the work we can do in space. So that's one of the things I'm most excited about. But the other... You guys are going to see, you're going to literally see the craters on the moon with your own eyes. With your own eyes, I'm telling you, it is going to be unbelievable. She's going to see the craters on the moon with her own eyes, but she's not going to see a single illegal immigrant at the southern border with her own eyes. How about that? Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, that was a video she filmed for some science yeah. thing for kids. And you know what? Fine. But the idea yeah, that exactly, she is right. out there doing that one, which she supposed, I mean, right, Joe Biden, to my understanding, you tell me if I'm wrong, sir, gave her one job. And that yeah. one job was handle the border for me because I'm not going down there. And she refuses to go there. We all know what she did. She went to El Paso, was still a few miles away from the border, saw nothing yep. of what was, you know, the, uh, the emergency that's going on down there. But, but Congressman, she has one job and she's doing everything but that job. Yeah. No, exactly. And again, think about this. I, I just, I just thought of this, but contrast it with when President Trump put the Vice President uh, Pence in charge of of the coronavirus task force and, and putting together and getting to the vaccine and all. I mean, he was focused on that every stinking minute of every day, doing what, what he was assigned to do. And you contrast that, that behavior, those actions with, with what we, what we see from vice president Harris. And it's like, Oh, the, the contrast couldn't be sharper. So yeah, I, I, again, this administration, there's a reason why they're at 38%. There's a reason why they're at 38% approval because when you're this bad, Americans see it. And it seems to me not only the, the radical hard left are the people who still support these guys, because anyone else is saying, like, this is crazy. In nine months' time, we have went from all the success of the Trump administration to this. I mean, but what, what now? Prices are at, the grocery prices are at, like, a 10-year high. Yeah. Uh, uh, the crime in the cities is up. The border is in, in, in chaos. Uh, foreign policy is, is, a, is a mess. And this and, and people's liberties are being uh, taken from them every single day. Um, yeah, it's, I don't well, know. Well, there's a reason I, why, why there's a reason why his uh, approval numbers are down to 38 percent. His his, yep. uh, you know, if if Kamala really, really is so excited about seeing craters, she should just look at their poll numbers. That's really all she needs yep. to see. Uh, yep. con- con- Congressman Jim Jordan, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it, sir. And I look forward to talking up. next week. All right, there's Jim Take Jordan care, on AM 1420, The Answer. We'll take our time out here. And now we've got time for calls after Jim Jordan's segment. How about that? It's going to be great having him on each day at 935 or each Monday at 935 as opposed to 948 because now you can react to anything you just heard. Dial us up, 216-901-0945. Right back. All at a quarter to three.
Okay, 955. We'll continue on AM 1420. The answer. Hey, I want to share with you something before I take a phone call. Um, I didn't hear this when it, when, is, when it actually hit social media. Uh, it took John, one of our producers, to find this and to share it with me actually over the weekend. Do you know who Keith Olbermann is? Do you remember Keith Olbermann? He's very forgettable. So maybe you don't. He used to be a spy. That's when I liked him back 25, 30 years ago when he started out on ESPN with Dan Patrick doing Sports Center. They were very funny as they did sports highlights and sports commentary. Really liked him then. Then he decided to veer away from sports, which is not uncommon. I did. I used to do sports radio and into politics. That's where we differ because he was terrible at it. Uh, he literally tried to do political talk shows on radio, on television, on podcasting. He can, couldn't find a footing anywhere because he was just awful at it. And quite frankly, he was so extraordinarily unlikable. I mean, honestly, really just, just very hateful and very hateable. I want to play for you a video that he recorded and apparently he is super, super proud of because he tweeted it and then retweeted himself Eight times, eight times, explaining why those of us who are unvaccinated remain so. He wants you to know what we are because we refuse to be vaccinated. Now, I want you to listen to this very carefully, if you can stomach it. And it is, it is time to stop coddling them, the ones who won't get the damn shot already. And our first step, you and I, is symbols, the language we use. We call these people vaccine hesitant, vaccine skeptics, anti-vax. We say they're protesting mandates and passports. They're making a personal choice. They're waiting for more information. They're making a medical decision. Bullshit. They're afraid. They're afraid to get vaccinated. Stop feeding their egos about what they're doing. Stop legitimizing it. Vaccine hesitant, they're afraid. Vaccine skeptics, they're afraid. Anti-vax, they're afraid. They're protesting mandates and passports. They're afraid. They're making a personal choice, they're afraid. They're waiting for more information, afraid. They're making a medical decision to be afraid. The snowflakes are afraid. Afraid of the vaccine. Afraid of being proved wrong. Afraid of doing what anybody else in the world tells them to do. Afraid of needles. So no more pleasant euphemisms about what's going on here. Apart from the people who have legitimate medical complications about vaccines, we have to stop coddling the morons who will not get the shot. We start by calling them what they are. They are all snowflakes and cowards and idiots and losers. And most importantly, they are afraid. (laughs) So this is where the left has taken the debate now where they are the most comfortable, where they are the most at home. And that's to the schoolyard. The new argument from the left to those who are making their own medical choices, most of us on the right, when it comes to vaccines and vaccine passports, the new argument is... 
Bark, 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 bark. Chicken. Bark, bark, bark. What's the matter? Are you afraid? They really think that we're children and that he's going to call us afraid of needles and that's going to make us go, am not. What? Oh, yeah? Watch this. And we're all going to run and get vaccinated now because he said, bark, 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 bark. The left has taken it to the schoolyard. Does he really think that if he triple dog dares us, it's going to make us stick our tongue to the pole? You're full of beans and so's your old man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Says who? Says me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I double dare you. The exact exchange and nuance of phrase in this ritual is very important. Huh, are you kidding? Stick my tongue to that stupid pole that's dumb. That's because you know it'll stick. You're full of it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like double dog dare you. Now it was serious. A double dog dare. What else was left but a triple dare you? And finally, the coup de grace of all dares, the sinister triple dog dare. I triple dog dare you. Schwartz created a slight breach of etiquette by skipping the triple dare and going right for the throat. That's what Keith Olbermann thinks he has done. He has triple dog dared us into getting the vaccine because we're snowflakes and we're afraid of needles. This is the intellect, my friends, with which we are dealing. And in case you wondered, now you know. We'll be back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 